It's Tigers Talk with Memphis broadcasting legend Greg Gaston. Hear Greg weekday mornings on Sports 56 Mornings along with Eli Savoy from 7 to 10 right here on Sports 56 and 98.5 FM. On Twitter X at Greg underscore Gaston. Here's Greg with Bryant and Brett. Greg Gaston joins us now to talk Tigers. You can hear him every morning on Sports 56 Mornings with Greg and Eli. He's also on the Tigers sidelines and also on ESPN Plus broadcast for Tiger basketball. Greg, thanks so much for joining us. Let's start with the Tigers football team. And you were in Philadelphia on Friday for that win over Temple to wrap up the regular season. What did you make of that performance? Really, one of the more comfortable uh, results and performances by the Tigers in conference play this season. What did you make of that performance and the regular season as a whole for for Ryan Silverfield and his team? Yeah, Brian, it really was. And uh, good afternoon, gentlemen. Uh, Good to to be back on with you guys. Yeah, yesterday, or not yesterday, but Friday was one of those games. It's rare this year to have a game like that for Memphis. All their games seem to go down to the wire and then some. The game against Temple, they scored early, they took control, never really were in trouble at all, and they've had trouble in Philadelphia, as you guys know. They had lost their last three at Temple, and they were able to come back and, and this time around play, not I wouldn't say a perfect game, but play close to it, one of their better performances all around from start to finish this season. Greg, that was a fun way to end, a, a, I think, a really I'll say it, a great season. We yeah. did grades yesterday. I, we don't do pluses and minus. I gave an A mm-hmm. to the Tigers. And, Greg, I, I, I fully recognize, and, and visited with Jonah Dillon on Monday and saw you uh, you and Jonah and I were talking about this last night. I recognize that some of my maybe ease of grading is generational because I remember the leaner years. I remember mm-hmm. the tough years. I so applaud so many people that are now in a good way spoiled. I'm not. 93 is the A for me. I want you as a teacher. That's number one. (laughs) But number two, I completely understand where you are coming from, and there's others like you. You're not alone. I'm kind of in the middle now. I thought it was a very good season. You really are the middle. You (laughs) do represent the middle, Greg. You do. I'm Malcolm in the middle. But (laughs) the way I look at it is, look, if you're going to look at 9-3 and and say it was a bad season or just an average season, then – Folks are hating. They're hating just to hate. But to say it was a great season, to me, that's also a falsehood as well because their goal was to get to the conference championship game, and they were unable to do so. So they failed in that goal, but they succeeded in winning nine times on the field in 12 attempts. And the three losses that they ended up having were against three teams that are all ranked in this week's the latest AP Top 25 poll. So nothing to be ashamed of. But again, for those who are on the fence, well, I don't know if, if coach is the right coach and, and we're going in the right direction. Again, they'll say, well, you didn't win against those three opponents that you were underdogs against. Yes, you won against the nine you weren't that you were favored in. So we're going to look at that as an average year. But there's no such thing as a 9-3 and three record being an average year. Greg Gaston, our guest, he's from the Tigers sideline, and it's brought to you every week by Jim's Place in Collierville, the offices of Stephen Leffler, Mount Mariah Auto Sales, and Neal's Bar and Grill. Greg, un- undeniably, if you went to this scoring, I'm, 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 I'm trying to shape this to my side of the argument. Imagine that, Greg. <laughs> <laughs> if you just simply went pass-fail, no, I mean, everybody says it was a pass. Mm-hmm. Well, they should. 
And yeah. by the way, you were a great debater in high school, I heard, right? You were, you, <laughs> yeah. you were the top <laughs> of your it. class. <laughs> That's um, it. Yes. If you're saying fail, I, I don't know what you're looking at. I don't know what okay. your criteria I, I can't is. Please you're you. great. Exactly. And again, there are some people that nothing can please them. We do understand that. But if you're going strictly pass-fail, I mean, it's not even close. But I, I think, again, to say it was average is really wrong. I, I, I think that's slighting what those players did out on that football field, what they did since the start of spring, working mm-hmm. hard, the offseason conditioning, weightlifting, all that, into the camp in August. To go 9-3 and three and to say it was average, again, is a disservice to those players. Greg, we were talking Friday morning uh, when I was filling in on, on your show, Sports 56 Mornings, and, and I asked you about possible bowl games for the Tigers and now winning that final game against Temple uh, to end the regular season. Only a couple days away from finding out where the Tigers will go or, or stay and, and play. Uh, what do you think the likeliest possibility for the Tigers is right now for a bowl game? So from everything that I've heard and just using you know the knowledge of, of where things stand, it, it does appear that they're going to be staying home. Hmm. I'm not going to sit here and say it's 100%. We won't know until Sunday. And I guess a lot of that has to do with Greg Sankey and what he thinks of the AutoZone Liberty Bowl. Let's, yeah. let's be honest here, uh, where he wants to put his SEC teams. But the track record will tell you that if they're a team short, that... Memphis is the one that gets screwed, if you want to look at it that way. They always seem to be on the short end of the stick. For whatever reason, a lot of people say, well, they don't have an NFL stadium and all that stuff. It's a great bowl. It's one of the oldest bowls out there. It's historically good. But that means for Memphis, it's a win situation because they're going to be able to get more money now. Remember, all that money goes into a pool, and then it's split up, but it's not split up evenly. So Memphis would get a little bit bigger uh, chunk. Tulane would get the biggest chunk, assuming they get into the Fiesta Bowl if they win over SMU in the American Conference Championship. So there'd be more for the University of Memphis. They'd be playing a team from the Big 12, which certainly is something that excites players to try to go out there, get that 10th win, which would be only the fourth time in 108 years of Memphis football to do that, but also to beat a Power 5 school. That would be cool. Good chance it could be a rematch of the uh, Iowa State-Memphis game from 2017. But with that said, I think if you uh, hit up every player with a little truth serum, there would probably be a high percentage of players that would say, oh, gosh, I I don't want to stay at home. I don't want to dress in my locker. I don't want to play on my field that I've played my entire career. I want to go somewhere else. So the the word is that if if it's not the AutoZone Liberty Bowl, you're looking at probably Fenway, which I thought – Going into last week was going to be out of the mix, but mm-hmm. I'm, I'm told that it's not. It's very much in the mix that Fenway really wants Memphis. And then I guess the Military Bowl is the other one that we heard. So it still could be any one of those three, but I would say the high percentage is that they stay at home. Boy, Greg, you are, you're older, wiser, more experienced, <laughs> and much more diplomatic than I am. I will say 100% it will be Memphis and Iowa State in that Liberty Bowl rematch. They will rematch, and they, they, they will stay at home. And one thing that I hope Laird Veach does is that he, he and I th- think they will, go to, the, go to the Liberty Bowl and go, hey, we want to get treated like that SEC team would have gotten treated. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that, absolutely. And, and I would think that, that Steve and Harold and the rest of the gang would do that because, you know, you're jipping them the whole experience of, of that if you – 
take advantage of them just because of the hometown team. They won't yeah. do that. I don't see them in, doing in that. Fl- in fact, we want a little cherry on top. We want to be treated better than the SEC. <laughs> oh, there, yeah. now you want now you want a little bit a little bit extra there in that go. paycheck. Give me a little bit more in that payout. Mm-hmm. Now, I uh, I, I think certainly uh, they, they they would certainly um, deserve that as a as a team in that bowl game. It doesn't matter that you came from the American and not from the SEC. And I would imagine, again, that the executives will do just that. They will be treated handsomely. They will be given their just rewards. But, again, for, for fans, you know, maybe they like it. There will be more fans, certainly, than to travel to Boston or Annapolis. I, I'll give you that. But, again, for hotels and things like that, there's a team that won't be needing those as opposed to two teams that come from the outside with their fan bases. So it's it's kind of a... A dilemma there a little bit for the economics of the city. I think it's great in the long run for the university. For me personally, as part of the broadcast team, I'll be honest with you, I hate it. I love to go on the road. I'd like to see Fenway. I've never seen it. I know it's winter and it might be snow on the ground. I don't care. But it is what it is. Ted Williams isn't walking through that door, Greg. You're not missing anything. Nor is Big Poppy. Although Big Poppy, I think, may may live in that stadium. Well, Ted's still high stay on it, isn't he? Who's that? Isn't Ted, Ted still at the cryogenic place? Ted's head is still like that. Yeah, there's no question about it. But anyway, I don't think it's a bad thing. We shouldn't laugh about that. Oh, my goodness. I don't think it's a bad thing. I can't believe I took you down that route. I, I know, I know. We, I we've it. done that a few times, haven't yeah. we, Brett? But, yeah. but We're the, not alone at FedEx Forum, are we, Greg? No, no, not at all. Not at all. The stories we could tell, and, and yeah. sometimes uh, do. Yes, but good. I, I think, all in all, again, it's, it's certainly not a bad thing. It's a good thing uh, if they end up staying at home. But again, for the reasons I just uh, you know spouted out there, I, I I would love personally to to be able to go somewhere else other than Memphis. I contend for the Liberty Bowl. This is a win because we know Iowa State has an affinity, maybe unlike any other visiting team to Memphis, to the Liberty Bowl. Okay, so maybe they don't bring the crowds that they have uh, uh, approaching high teens, uh, lower 20s, but they bring mm-hmm. the good, rock-solid ten to 12,000. You get that, that Tiger Lawless... Uh, twenty-five to thirty thousand. You have the local, just you know, you know, being part of the hometown fabric, fabric, five to ten thousand. You got a great house approaching a sold-out house, and and the the SEC. I mean, if, if Mississippi State had pulled upset, I, I I think Mississippi State's been here enough that I don't think that would have done it for them. I don't think it would. It was sure. I don't think you could make Arkansas people come back at the frequency that they they've been here. Through the years, Florida coming here for the first time ever. I don't. I don't think they would have been intrigued by it. I think this is a win for the Liberty Bowl. How about Auburn? What do you think Auburn would would have done if, or and still could, if they did get in? Because I know that if they you, were are, looking at Auburn, if you got them, if you got Auburn after they won the Iron Bowl, I think you can add ten thousand to whatever the number would have been. But Auburn, you know, sliding in here at six and six after that heartbreak, I, I, frankly, not that much. Hmm. What about, what do you think, again, I'm just asking for your opinion, how do you think the Big 12 looks at it? They go, well, okay, we got a deal to play the SEC, and this is twice now in six years that we will have played an American conference team. Uh, th- th- that's the breaks, and, and it's not always tidy at bowl season. Everybody's got to be big boys and girls about it. <laughs> yeah, you, you certainly got to be flexible, right? Yeah, absolutely. Mm-hmm. Greg, I'm curious, obviously, uh, for – 
Memphis and for most other teams in uh, in college football. The transfer portal doesn't open until December 4th, but already we've gotten word Davian Carter, uh, Tevin Carter, both uh, going to be in the portal um, on December 4th. A couple other players have announced they'll be back. Rock Taylor, McKylan Pounders have both indicated that they plan to be back in Memphis, but for uh, Davion Carter and Tevin Carter, what do you make of, of their, I guess, potential departures? You know what it is, guys? It's kind of like that Black Friday sale where they're lined <laughs> up outside. It doesn't yeah. open until 10. They've been out there since 7 a.m. That's what players are doing around the country. waiting. For I like people that throw punches over saving $50 That's on a right. flat screen TV. <laughs> yeah. That's my favorite on Black Friday. Yeah. I don't know if we got to that point yet as far as the portal is concerned, but we may be headed in that direction. Uh, not surprised at all about Seven Carter, especially if, if Seth Hedigan is coming back. Mm-hmm. Um, he is looking at getting out on the field and playing and showing everybody what he can do, showcases his goods. I, I like that kid a lot. I think he's going to make a good quarterback wherever he goes, so I, I want to wish him well. Damian Carter took a big step up, yeah. really solid. So you have to wonder in this situation if, you know, it, it comes down to two things. It's how many teams or people have contacted him, and I'm talking about with any player, and have indicated, listen, you come here, mm-hmm. this is what we can get you. You come over here, this is what we can get you. That or either there's any kind of internal issues at the place you're at. I'm not indicating that there was. I'm just saying it, it comes down to those two things because he's a, he's a starter. He was a starter for the Memphis offense, and the Memphis offense was very productive. So I can't assume it's something like that as we see players – move around in the country sometimes because of lack of playing time. They're not starting, things of that nature. So you'd have to think, well, I have an opportunity to probably make a lot more money somewhere else. Grass is not always greener, I understand, but mm-hmm. I don't downplay any player who wants to bet better their situation. So, again, who who am I to say, oh, bad move, uh, Davia? No, I'm not going to say that. And who am I to say, hey, bad move, Rock, if you're really intending to stay? I think it's great. If Memphis can hold on to the bulk of their players, that's a win in this day and age of NIL and transfer portal. Yeah, I agree with you on that. Talking to Greg Gastney joins us every Thursday to talk Tigers. And Greg, I want to talk uh, Tiger basketball before we let you go. And uh, ultimately, a two and one week uh, at the Battle for Atlantis down in the Bahamas. You beat uh, Arkansas, you beat Michigan, but you lose on the third day against Villanova. Very lopsided for most of that game. You fought back a twenty-one nothing mm-hmm. run at one point in that game on Friday. But what did you make of the entire trip down to the Bahamas? for the Tigers. Hey, Brett, basketball is being played, my friend. You ready? <laughs> I am. You ready? Yes, I am. I'm still, I'm still sort of in football mode, yeah. and I've already done two broadcasts. But no, I'm, I stay in I'm football excited. mode. Yeah. I'm excited about the prospects. I know Penny met the media today, and they talked about the lack of not making the cracking into the top 25, and basically he said they looked at the first half of Villanova and made their judgment on mm-hmm. that. He said we had five and a half, or not five, yeah, five and a half, Good half, does that make sense? That add up? Five and a half, good half, and one bad half, and they judged us on that. I don't know about that. I do know there's a lot of people that shouldn't have a vote in whatever it is, whether it be Major League Baseball, MVP, Hall of Fame voting, whether it be Heisman voting. There's just too many of those people that have votes that don't put the effort into it. I thought Memphis should have snuck into the top 25. It doesn't matter. Uh, in the end, it really doesn't matter. We saw the ability of this team to play extremely well against good, strong, prominent, uh, annual teams that are in the mix. Michigan maybe a step behind a little bit right now as they get things figured out, but still a solid program. We know that Arkansas is really good. 
That was pretty evident last yeah. night at Bud Walton Arena, what they did to Duke. So they were two really good wins. For whatever reason, they could not hit a shot to open up the game against Villanova. Meanwhile, Villanova looked like the greatest team ever assembled on a basketball court. Those things happen sometimes. Uh, certainly the second half, Memphis played a lot better. They were able to cut into that deficit. It doesn't matter. It was a lopsided loss, and that's probably, you know, He's probably right about that. That kept them out of the top 25. There are issues. There, there are certainly some glaring issues. They have to do better, rebounding the basketball as a whole. The bigs have to be more productive, especially Jordan Brown, and they cannot give up these second and third opportunities to opponents because the opponents are crashing the boards and they're putting more of an effort into getting those boards than you are. If Memphis can get better with that, to go with everything they have and the personnel they have, the sky's the limit. And they're going to be challenged. They got Ole Miss, as you guys know, Saturday. Mm-hmm. They'll head to VCU. They'll head to Texas A&M. They got some big home non-conference games against the likes of Virginia and Clemson. And uh, they still have to play another SEC opponent in Vanderbilt before conference play even begins. So the challenge is right there for them. But I'm pretty excited about what they have to offer. All right, Greg, I love when y'all do your top five. Rank the Tiger basketball top five uh, uh, rivalries you think according to the fans you've been around here a long time you know tiger basketball fans you give me the five biggest rivals so even though it doesn't happen anymore i would have to say that louisville is still number one i would you still agree get people you still get people that just i if louisville comes up in a conversation i hate louisville. Uh-huh. Oh, yeah. so i would say louisville is number one i would think that could it still be cincinnati too I've got Tennessee too. Tennessee too. Do they play them enough? It's, I mean, they look. There's a, there's a, there's a hatred. I, I would love to say there's a mutual respect for, but there's not. There's a hatred for Tennessee uh, and Ole Miss. I'd go. I'd go Cincinnati two. I'd go Tennessee three. Ole Miss four. And then number five. And they don't play them. Um, UAB is going to be back on that list. UAB is going to be back on the list. Arkansas is a fringe. Right. Um, so I, I'm missing somebody that's very apparent. That maybe I'm missing. I would go. I, I'm with you. No, I, I'm with you. I think you need more frequency of of contempt with with, yeah. with Arkansas. But and maybe last week in the Bahamas will start it. We know football is going to start back. And it, it, it I, I, I asked that to set up this question. Saturday in Oxford. Do you think it will be heated, intense, anything like football has been? You know, the, the last few times they played. I, I don't, and I, I don't think it will be until the Ole Miss fans, I'm throwing this on the Ole Miss fans, really accept basketball and get into it. I mean, really make some noise and make it hard on Memphis. They do it in football, obviously. They're passionate about their football team, and they have at times been passionate about basketball. I think they got a really good X's and O's guy in Chris Beard. You know, Whether or not they can get that complete turnaround Great and coach. become yeah and become one of the better teams consistently in the SEC that's still to be seen and that's that's years in the making but until i see that Ole miss base go rabbit over basketball i don't know i'll be interested to see how many memphis fans have purchased tickets in an arena that seats what do they see about 8000 right yeah, no, so 8500 8, uh, okay, so 8, 8, 8, yeah let's see how many memphis fans get in if you're really passionate and rabid about your team, then you don't let Memphis buy any of those tickets. I mean, it's a very sparse crowd. 
So we'll see. If they step up on Saturday and they are just going crazy, then I would say, all right, they're bought into Beard and mm-hmm. they're bought into this rivalry. But I haven't seen it consistently enough. There have been times, there have been pockets, but more so with football than basketball. And Chris wants to keep this game. He wants to keep it. I think Penny wants to keep it. Right now, this is the last year under that latest two-year contract. So mm-hmm. they're going to have to sit down and decide that they want to keep this going, uh, just iron out some type of deal. Look, Penny will play anybody. He wants to obviously get some of these teams to come here to Memphis. And with Ole Miss, you get a home-and-home. Home. It's, it's, it's made in heaven, this matchup. So hopefully we'll continue for many years to come. Greg, last thing for you before we let you go. The news earlier today that Mikey Williams has uh, taken a plea deal, uh, one count of making criminal threats. Um, what did you make of that news, and what does this mean for his future as a Tiger uh, this season or into next? Yeah, I'm not much into the, the legal system. Uh, I'm not on any of the television shows on TV that talk about hmm. this kind of stuff. So I don't but know you watched L.A. Law in the 80s. But I watched, I watched, yeah, I'm, I'm an L.A. Law, yeah. Uh, yeah, certainly a, a lover of L.A. Law. But here's the thing. To me, it sounds like this kid may have made out like a bandit. I mean, you think about what he allegedly did. Takes a plea, and if he meets all the agreements that were uh, thrown out in front of him, it goes from a felony to a misdemeanor. Yeah. Think about it. He shot into a car with a bunch of people, and... He's going to get a misdemeanor out of it mm-hmm. as long as he goes ahead and does what he needs to do. Now, if he is truly taking classes online, which people say he is, he's still technically not been released from the roster. I mean, he's, he may not be listed anymore on the website. I'm not sure if he is. But to me, if this kid decides that he's going to play college next year and not try to be a pro or G League or something like that, if it's a misdemeanor, he may very well be a Memphis Tiger, and I thought that was impossible. Again, I don't know all the criminal jargon and what is what, but I know misdemeanor is better than a felony. Yeah. So we'll see. Yeah, it's going to be interesting to see how this all plays out. But, Greg, thanks so much for joining us. We'll do it again next Thursday. Sounds good, guys. Take care. Thanks, Greg. Thank you, Greg. Greg Gaston joins us every single Thursday to talk Tigers. You can hear him every morning on Sports 56 Mornings with Greg and Eli. And it's going to be interesting to see what happens uh, with uh, this whole thing of uh, with Mikey. Obviously, the big news today, but I still think a lot to go before we have any type of certainty on anything. But let's go ahead and get to a break. When we come back, we got to talk about the Thursday night football game tonight between the Seahawks and the Cowboys. We also got to talk some other NFL notes. We'll do that next on Sports Time. Join the voice of the Tigers, Dave Woloshin, for Wolo and Friends. Weekday mornings from 10 to 11 here on Sports 56 and 98.5 FM. Now back to Sports Time on Sports 56 and 98.5 FM. Here once again are Brett Norsworthy and Bryant Dacus. Well, it's Thursday, Brett, and you know what that means. Thursday night football tonight on Prime Video, but also uh, right here on Sports 56. Our coverage starts at 7 p.m. tonight. 
right after a Reb talk. And while I'm telling you about the game tonight, let me tell you about our weekend before we break down this Seahawks-Cowboys game. Saturday, Memphis basketball at Ole Miss, 12.30 pregame for that 1 p.m. start. You can hear all of that action uh, from David Kellum right here on Saturday. Uh, that, like I said, that pregame starting at 12.30. And then on Sunday, we've got a triple header. Chargers at Patriots at noon. 49ers-Eagles, what a great game that will be at 3 p.m. And then Chiefs-Packers at 7 p.m. Monday, we'll have Bengals at Jaguars, the Monday night football game, as well on this station. But Brett, tonight, Seahawks and Cowboys, two teams that I think a lot of people think are going in opposite directions. The Seahawks, a good start to the season, but are really struggling. The Cowboys, on the other side, have really found a lot of success, um, really all season, but really these last couple of weeks. And that line is reflective of it because a lot of people think the Cowboys are going to win and that they're going to win pretty big. 13-game Cowboys home winning streak on the line. That's tonight against Seattle and then potentially the real big one against Philadelphia. And with a couple of breaks in Mm -hmm. Philadelphia's, uh, if if they lose and the Cowboys win, that would make next Sunday night's game for the lead in the NFC East. Yeah, no, I mean it's going to be a, a great game, and hopefully, uh, you know, the, the, what would be great is if the Cowboys won tonight and won comfortably, and then on Friday the Eagles beat the 49ers, and you know you've got a super hyped up uh, game on on you know next week, and and a scheduling break at the short week, yeah. but take care of business, and then mm-hmm. the 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 really the long wait until Philadelphia comes in and. They've beaten three consecutive double-digit underdogs by an average of 30 points. This is as good a stretch as the Cowboys have been in since some of the Romo years. Yeah, no, you're you're right. And, and, you know, they're not just, like you just said, they're not just beating teams that they're supposed to beat. They are covering spreads and double digit spreads and really blowing opponents out and it's it's been impressive um you know I was I was talking to one of my buddies earlier today and he said man Seahawks a 10 10 and a half point dog tonight I might have to take the Seahawks and I was saying I mean yeah but at the end of the day the Cowboys are finding ways to cover these big big lines and, and really dominate especially at home 20 consecutive possessions without an offensive touchdown for Geno Smith in the Hawks. Wow. wow. And, you know, Brett, you talked about that earlier this season of, you know, it seems like we've gotten to a point with Geno where how much more can he give you and a lot of hype. Who and, didn't see this coming? You're right. I mean, you're right. I, I, I thought it was obvious. I, I couldn't believe yeah. the anomaly year mm-hmm. he had last year. But for Dak Prescott, he's on one of the – Best runs of his career, throwing 18 touchdowns with only two interceptions since that 49ers loss. Yeah, I mean, he's just been uh, really flawless lately and and has been really, really, really fun to watch and I think should be in the MVP conversation. And when you kind of go back and look at some of these games and and just kind of talk about what he's done, you know, 
This last week's game against the Commanders, 331 yards, four touchdowns, no interceptions. Against Carolina, 189 yards and two touchdowns in really a game you didn't really need him to do all that much. The week before against the Giants, 404 yards, four touchdowns, one interceptions. Uh, the week before, the, the loss against uh, the Eagles, 374 yards and three touchdowns. So, I mean, he really is getting the job done when, you know, earlier in the season, the offseason, last year, a lot of maybe negative talk about him, and he is really putting it all together right now. Dallas, the first team in NFL history to win its first five home games wow. in a season by at least 20 points. It's crazy. You have have you been riding them? Uh, I have not. Um, I don't. I, I have to stay away from Cowboys or any team that I root for. Um, well, here's but, what I'm ready to see. Okay. It looks like Aaron Rodgers is going to play no, this year. Nah, no chance. Brent, me you and you both, man. I'm looking forward to seeing uh, that, man. Uh, I am too. And Johnny, I'm looking forward to this with Bryant because we did our big four quarterbacks. We've touched on it a couple of times with the mm-hmm. Jets this year, yeah. and Aaron Rodgers. He even before he ever threw the the mm-hmm. one pass. Yeah. The one the pass that he's thrown game, for the yeah. Jets, uh-huh. Brian had him as the number one Jet quarterback ever. That's right, the number one. Yep, absolutely. Are you serious? Uh, Aaron oh. Rodgers. Aaron Rodgers puts on a jersey over for your Joe. Team. Yeah, over uh-huh. Joe. Oh, oh, over uh-huh. over Joe. That's right. With then with one pass thrown and a shredded Achilles, he still kept him in there. I think in a combo we did with a another Monday night team. Brian, where will you have him ranked? In New York sports lore, if he ever if he just walks out on the field and appears in a game, well, Brett, I I th- is he ahead of Babe Ruth? I think that's oh Reggie Jackson. I, I mean, honestly, Brett, I think it's highly unlikely that he plays again this year. Um, even though all of the speculation and talk, but yes, if if he returns this season and plays in a game, regardless of sport, regardless of person, he is number one on people of New York list. Ahead of Jeter? Ahead, Brett, ahead of Over anybody. Jeter? Over Jeter? Eli? Anybody? Over any, it doesn't matter the sport. <laughs> it doesn't matter the profession. Mark Messier? Uh, yes. I mean, Brett, you don't have even have to limit it to sports. <laughs> I mean, name a famous person from New York. Aaron Rodgers. Reed? If he plays again this season, he's immediately ahead of him. Immediately. So, so you're going to have him up there to where he doesn't even need to take the Brooklyn Bridge. Uh, he just walks across the right. water of the that's Hudson. Right. That's right. I mean, Brett. Wow, that's if, stunning. If Aaron Rodgers wants <laughs> us to believe that he tore his Achilles and is back in the same season playing football, he might be oh, the greatest oh, player in sports. I mean, I don't. So you're going full conspiracy where there was something else yes. that he really didn't tear it? Yes. I mean, what is it then? There's no way. I mean, maybe he sprained it or something. I don't know, but there's no way he tore an Achilles and is going to be back in this regular season. Well, they have said technology have advanced. Man, oh, I don't so. care. Technology. <laughs> I mean, of all the players that tear, you know, everything, he's the first one. How long did it take Kobe Bryant to get back? Because it was hard to believe anybody ever Let's got see. back. Used to, it was the ender. I mean, it, it, when you did that, that that that's retirement ceremony. You're not even attempting a, a comeback. It, 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 the the rehabilitation mm-hmm. on it is so grueling. And I, I wonder how long it took Kobe to get back. And, and you know, now with you know with the Grizzlies, we see it with Brandon Clark. He he's not close to back, and he tore his Achilles. Yeah. Yeah, no, I I tried to look up quick. I, I couldn't find a, a specific 
timeline for Kobe Bryant, but I mean, but it, he was a medical marvel. When yes, he did it. absolutely, and and I think uh, Aaron Rodgers would also be if he if he did. I don't know if I necessarily believe that he tore his Achilles because that would be remarkable. I also don't think he's gonna play in a game this season because I think when you put everything together and you say why risk it? Why risk it? Yeah. This team. I mean, John said earlier. I, I'm I'm guessing you know. He said 0.04% chance to make the playoffs right now for the Jets. There's no way Aaron Rodgers is going to come back and play. Now, yes, this part of it's nice. Go out there, throw a couple passes, say, oh, yeah, we're we're working to it. I'm going to try to be back by this date. I'm going to play this season. It gets clicks. It gets people talking. It's all great for Aaron Rodgers as a person, the name Aaron Rodgers. Yeah, boy, the Jets trying to sell season tickets for next year with it. That's right. That's right. I I, I, it, it would be the worst Aaron Rodgers judgment move since dating Danica Patrick. <laughs> wow. Wow. Brad. Danica Patrick reference. I didn't, yeah. didn't expect that. Today. I'd take a shot at racing when uh, I got my shot. Well, when you, when you got it, you got to take yeah. it, I guess. Uh, but no, I mean, there's, there's absolutely no way. Any, if he does, cool. Great. I want to know a little bit more about the story. Speaking of the racing, did you see NASCAR's new TV deal? No, I didn't. It, I, I can't believe they, 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 they still can command that. Of course, it's going to the CW, oh, and we know man. the connotation with that. Well, Brett, some of the packages, well, a lot of it is still Fox. Well, Brett, you know, I mean, things things are different on the CW. I mean, you go back Very and different. look at this football season I mean, on the CW. It's different. You can be watching a game, and Dawson's Creek pops up. <laughs> that, that, that's right. You know, fourth quarter of a game. One Tree and, Hill. Uh-huh. Well, One Tree Hill's got I'm, to start now. I, I'm at a CW show. Uh, no, that's about it for me. I don't even get the CW, so... Uh, well, let's, know. we hadn't checked in on the CW in a while. Let me check in uh, right a- now. ACC college basketball starts, uh, on Saturday on the CW. Right now on the CW, Hot Bench is on. And, hot and, Bench. Well, wait, I, I'm not familiar with Hot Bench. Make sure I'm not in some yeah, channels I mean, I'm not make, supposed to be in. Make wait sure that's the I don't the think CW, I'm subscribing. Uh, oh my goodness. Yeah, I don't know, uh. <laughs> I don't know if that's the. Uh... I don't subscribe to those. I don't think. No, I don't uh, think so. And the addition of hot bench is Carmageddon. A man rented his car to a customer who damaged it to the tune of six thousand and thinks wow. insurance should have paid for all the repairs. This mm-hmm. is a, a a law show, a legal show. Hot bench, judge, the bench, like right, bench. right, right, right. Always the the law shows. Carmageddon. Um, yeah, interesting. Carmageddon. That's right now title. on the CW. Hot bench. Wasn't familiar about it, but yeah. I'm afraid there for a second. I've gotten something risque. Yeah, no, I I guess so. Uh, Brett, before we get to a break, um, the whole situation, I know we talked about it with Bo um, a couple days ago, but this whole situation in Carolina – Fire Frank Wright. You're now looking for a new coach. You've got Bryce Young. Fire there. the owner. I mean, yeah, really. But it seems like a lot of people this season are starting to turn against, and, and we kind of talked about this with Bo, but turning against Bryce Young when before the draft, he was far and away number one pick. I don't think there were any questions about him as a player, but this whole situation with Carolina are making people not only question him, but question this team as a whole, and I think you're you're spot on. I think a lot of this comes down on on the owner and some of his decisions he's made not only this season but in the past. I can't remember the TV analyst Sunday morning it was talking about this and said that the NFL might have been Rex Ryan. I, I, I can't remember, but said the NFL is built on two things: mm-hmm. 
size and speed. Mm. We know he doesn't have any size, nope. and his speed hadn't been that great Mm-mm. in the uh, lack of elusiveness yeah. and, and being able to avoid the heavy rush. Now, I don't think Usain Bolt could avoid the rush behind that slop offensive mm-mm, line. Mm-mm, absolutely not. Nah, it's 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 a bad offensive line, and we go back to it. There's a lot of bad offensive lines in in uh, the NFL, but I don't think all of this should be put on Bryce Young. I mean, I think he's a I think he's been a fine. I, mean, I think he's a fine quarterback. I think there's a lot of things going on. Um, both I don't think he should either, but it goes with being the number one pick and playing that that's position. True. That's a very good point, and that's that, that that that's the breaks. Everyone at the commissary thinks all the people that bought the. The hams and the turkeys for the first round of the holidays last week for Thanksgiving. We're getting ready for the next round. They want you to 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 shop to shop and enjoy there. They have the same setup for hams and turkeys for the next round of holidays. You can do it by calling and ordering right now. Nine zero one seven five four five five four zero. Overwhelming response last week for Thanksgiving. All those people are going to be back, and you need to be as well. Or go online at commissary bbq. Dot com and that's what Walker said. A lot of people really enjoyed being able to order that way. CommissaryBBQ.com in Collierville and in Germantown with the great party areas. Perfect for an office get together, a family get together during the holidays when there are a lot of different groups meeting. It might be groups within groups that are meeting for, for, for a holiday meal and it's perfect at the commissary. The new Collierfield Commissary at Houston Levy and Poplar are the original in Germantown. If you're craving an easier way to order, you can text commissary to 33733 right now. Memphis style barbecue and ribs done the authentic Memphis slow cooked way. Start that barbecue fest with the great appetizers like the cheese plate or the tamales or the smoked chicken wings, the barbecue nachos where they were invented in the early 80s and everybody now, a staple of sports, dig into the ribs or the shoulder, chopped or pulled on a plate, on a sandwich, all the sides, beans, deviled eggs, slaw, bread as well. I was out there Monday. It was so fun and so good to see everybody there. And for any tailgating, game-watching party, order it by the pound or a six-pack or an eight-pack or a 12-pack. And those desserts like the banana pudding, the strawberry cake, the best lemon ice box pie I've ever had anywhere, all at the commissary at Houston Levy and Poplar are the original in Germantown. Started in 1981. A lot of holidays since then and a lot of good times. 901-754-5540 or online at commissarybbq.com. Well, let's get to a break. When we come back, it'll be time for Big Number of the Day. Broadcasting from the Family Leisure Studio, we are Sports 56 and 98.5 FM. Now back to Sports Time on Sports 56 and 98.5 FM. Here once again are Brett Norsworthy and Bryant Dacus. Big Daddy. Hello, Big Brand. It's a guy, he wants to be big, then he gets big, he doesn't want to be big anymore, then he gets small, but the suit's too big. Big Daddy. The Big Boy. You're a big guy. I think she's trying to pull a fast one on Big Daddy. The big number of the day. Well, Brett, my big number today comes from the NBA, 
And it is 100. Brett, we talked about the Pistons earlier today. They've lost 15. Oh, no, 100 is Wilt Chamberlain. You don't believe he really scored 100 points. Brett, I need to see footage. Uh, show me yeah. a video. or Brian, you're amazing it? today. I can't believe this man. <laughs> what did I, I do that time? I don't know. Jody, he's, he, he's a conspiracist. For, first, Joe Namath. Oh. Now, Wilt Chamberlain. This is amazing. I, I just today. want evidence. Okay, 100. 100. So, 100. it's not for Wilt Chamberlain? No, it's not for Wilt Chamberlain. I, I, knew, no, I know no. February. Is the anniversary. Sure I, I know is. it's not so, today. Uh, so no, not today in November. Uh, last day in November. How about that? Next year will be when we celebrate in t- this year in 2024. 62 years since 100 points. That's crazy. Uh, that's crazy. Uh, but my big number 100. The Detroit Pistons. They lost. They have lost 15 straight games despite scoring 100 plus points. In each game, unbelievable that. And I understand high scoring NBA, you know, a lot of points. But for an NBA team to score a hundred points every game and be on a fifteen game losing streak, that is tied for the longest such streak in NBA history with the nineteen eighty nine and ninety Orlando Magic and the nineteen sixty seven sixty eight San Diego Rockets, who were both in their first seasons of the NBA. What what year would that have been for San Diego Rockets? Uh, 67-68. Okay. Wow, that's a long time ago. That's a long ago. time. Great that's big number, Bryant. Good it is. job, Thank man. You. Very Not 60 good job. Years. March 2nd, 1962, mm. Hershey Sports Arena and Hershey, PA, widely considered one of the greatest records in the sports history Except for by Bryant Dacus. That's what it says at Wikipedia. You're in the Wikipedia yeah, yeah. entry. I believe it. I kid. My big number, I'm going to stay SEC championship game theme, and I have two. Okay. Is that allowed? Uh, please. The first one is 30. If Alabama wins the SEC championship game, it will be their 30th SEC championship. Wow. That far and away leads unprecedented. Mm-hmm. Number 30 for the Crimson Tide. If Georgia wins... It'll be half that. It'll be their 15th, and that ain't bad. No, no not bad at all. I mean, uh, both uh, incredible kind of the runs, uh, certainly for, for Alabama and uh, and most definitely for Georgia. I was listening to something, uh, a podcast earlier today, and they were talking college football, and uh, someone said uh, – it's weird that I feel like cheering for Alabama in terms of like this lovable underdog team. Based the plucky on, underdog, yeah, the, the plucky underdog, plucky grits in the fight team. song, but they're, they're no, no, they're no, they're no plucky underdog. No, they are not. But I mean, the fact that Alabama coming in as an underdog, people rallying around them, beat that Georgia, you know, haven't lost a game in so long, and, and it's just so weird to think of of what. Alabama has been able to build and sustain even at the beginning of the season when things were looking kind of kind of different and we were saying, ooh, this Alabama team could uh, could be not so good. The fact that they were able to build off that. We, we were thinking, I, I was thinking three losses after the oh, Texas game. Uh, yeah. And, and three, like, three more to but, be eight well, and four. Yeah, and, and you know, that loss against Texas, the showing against South Florida, I mean, it, it just looked like it was going to be a, a down season for Alabama but to be able to come back from that and now be in the SEC championship game, and then for Georgia, I mean, the the opportunity to be in the mix for a third straight national championship, it's just, it's remarkable what these two programs have done. It's the great Paul Feinbaum after that South Florida game when he said almost bewildered, who knew the dynasty would end mm. in a 17-3 win 
in Tampa against South Florida because it felt like it. It felt like yeah. that day mm-hmm. that that something had changed, and then n- nothing changed. Nothing, nothing. They, they, they're able to get it back. Everybody, I think I said it earlier. Everybody wants to compare any big matchup to Ali Frazier. Right. I, I, I said right. it earlier yeah. about Michigan Ohio uh, State. Yeah. I'm, I'm trying to think when when just coaches meet. I mean, this is like Shashevsky going against the mentor in Bobby Knight, yeah. with with Kirby going mm-hmm. against Coach Saban. I, I, I'm I'm trying to think of other great ones throughout. Denny Crom mm-hmm. r- ran into John Wooden. Yeah. John he played for John Wooden at UCLA and then coached under him. I, I, I'm, I'm, I'll try to think of of more tonight, yeah. and I'll, I'll ask Bruce about this tomorrow because it it, it is on full display. Mentor against protege. And, and they're not at each other at all. No. Uh, I, I, I don't. I, I think people kind of want to make them a little cozier for Saturday for mm-hmm. in the arena than it will be because right. they both want to win bad. Yeah, I mean uh, they, they they both know what's at stake and they know what they're playing for. And uh, Bo against Woody because he yeah. used to be a Woody assistant. Sure, sure, that was a good one. Um, but no, I mean it's it's going to be fun. I mean these are two uh, competitors and two. Uh, Extremely at the top successful of the coaches. Yeah, I mean, it's what. What more do you want in in sport than two of the best going against each other? You you, you got to think that Kirby Smart has said it as a coach. When I grow up, I want to be Nick Saban. Yeah, absolutely. And he, he's there. Yeah, and to be able to to learn under him and and you know be able to develop into the coach he is now and to to be at this mark where. Uh, where he's looking, you know, to, to win another SEC championship, and, and at game day Saturday, and that's where game day will be outside yep. the Mercedes-Benz uh, Stadium. The Georgia and Alabama fans will be going at it hot and heavy yes, because the Georgia fans they knew and and they know for that validation, you got to go through Bama. Mm, yeah, yeah, and so uh, it's going to be a lot of fun. I mean, all of these games are going to be a ton of fun to watch, but I really am excited for that SEC championship game. Let's uh, wrap up this hour, put a bow on it, and when we come back to start our third and final hour, we'll talk NBA with Keith Smith.